Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, if you want to put it up or you want to just sit and receive right now, welcome you all this morning. We all want a breakthrough, don't we? We all want to come closer to God. We just really desire to press in and to lay hold of his heart and lay hold of his mind. And I know I've been all week just seeking him and hungry for him and wanting him and But I want to say first, you know, we are in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We're spirit, we're soul, and we're body. We're three-part being. We're not just the outside. But the Lord put me on, parked me on the word mind this week. And uh, if you'd like to go with me over to Isaiah 60, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about our minds, and go to Isaiah 65 for a minute. In verse 17, it just suddenly took me winging out in the spirit the other day. I think it was Saturday morning, actually, just yesterday morning. He says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. I just kind of was winging. You're not even going to have stuff in your mind come into your mind from the former things. In other words, when you step over and you go to heaven, the things of this earth drop away. They fall off. They're just not here. Uh, And those of you who are intercessors understand that because you get in the spirit, you get lost in the spirit, you climb up, you build yourself up. Some of you just take walks on mountains or go out. But you get there are times when God gives you these incredible moments where your mind receives so much peace uh, and so much direction and the will of God. And he's a creator. And this is a time of creation. I believe that what the Lord wants me to share with you is that your mind can control you. It can control your life. It can control everything. Or you can have the mind of Christ. And you can live on this earth. And we'll look at some scriptures in a minute. Well, actually, why don't you just go there with me. 1 Corinthians 2.16. I remember when... I first read this scripture in 1 Corinthians. Let's find it and pop it up there or do whatever. Huh? Oh, yeah, children, do you want to go to children's church? And we just heard this morning that you children like it here. Well, I must be a good child. I like it here too. I like being in this place. I feel like we're affecting. We're infecting. I feel like we're... We're doing stuff here. I know it's not church as normal, but anyway, we're not a normal church. We're people who have a real relationship. If you, is anybody here for the first time? Wave at me. This is your first time. Well, welcome. <laughs> we're not your normal church. We do things differently. Every week is a little bit different. And that's because every time you see God and you see a side of God, it's a little bit different. So 
So I saw a side of him this week in that, in that uh, passage I was just in, in Isaiah, where he says he's a creator and the former things, the former things have passed away. So I can't remember what happened in my old life, even though it's been quite interesting because I've been talking to some old friends of mine. Yesterday I was on the phone with an old friend of mine. He had an incredibly high-profile global profile, you know, and he said, are you still preaching good news? Are you still with the Lord? And I was like, yeah, I sure am. He said, well, send me your contact details. I thought, okay. So he gave me his email and I emailed him and Who knows, he may show up and you may recognize him. But, you know, all I know is God cares about people. And we live in this earth. And as we live in this earth, I used to always read this scripture, who has known, verse 16, or understood the mind and the counsels and the purposes of the Lord so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ. And I used to wonder what that would mean. You know, what does it mean to have the mind of Christ? At the time, I lived in Los Angeles, and I was very happy having long hair and a suntan and driving around in my white Corvette, and, hey, I was happening. Come on. And as much as I loved England, I didn't have any plans to come back and live here, but I did have plans to have my life fulfilled with purpose, and if you if you are here and you're born again this morning and or you've come here to visit, we're about purpose. You know, man's mind has many plans. And I always add to that that I think a woman's has a few more. <laughs> God is so funny, he's so good, but you know, I have lots of plans. <laughs> a man's mind has many plans, but brackets, Julie Anderson, a woman has a lot more. But it says the verse, the Lord's purpose will stand. So you, you want to know how you're going to walk through this next week with the mind of Christ. Because every time something comes to you, you're going to ask yourself, is this the mind of Christ? Is what I'm doing godly? Is it the mind of Christ? All right? So Sometimes it's kind of awkward to know how to do the right thing, you know. Sometimes it's kind of difficult because the things that God asks you to do, he usually asks you to do them and bless him with your faith. But let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us because I believe we're supposed to shift this morning. We're supposed to move into a different dimension. Okay, so ask, we, we just ask you, Father, We ask you to really help us in whatever area we need help. We're asking you for your help. We know that you've brought us here to this place this morning and you have a purpose. And I thank you that we can go deeper, not just sing about going deeper, not just hear about how good your word is, but actually... Be living examples. And I ask you to help us as we step forward in your purpose today. And we command the doors of purpose to open. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command the things that have purpose to open.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us are tired. We get frustrated. We get fed up with waiting. I remember working for Conoco Oil in Barclay Square, and I just, one afternoon, it just suddenly hit me, and I stood up, and I walked across, and I slammed my hands on the evening standard, and I said, God, don't you have anything for my life? I was just totally frustrated. Now, that wasn't a very polite prayer, but I I really wanted his heart. Don't you have anything for my life? And I just slammed my hands on the paper. I don't know why I slammed my hands on the paper. What did that have to do with anything? Except when I took my hands off, (coughs) these two little lines jumped out at me that said, famous impresario seeks secretary. Well, I was just a dumb blonde from Norfolk. I didn't have the mind of Christ in those days. I just thought, hey, impresario, what's that? That sounds cool. I think I'll go and be a secretary for an impresario. So I picked up the phone. It turned out, most of you know who know me, the Beatles manager. Well, in 1967, the Beatles were globally known. What am I saying? I'm saying we need to look at this verse in Isaiah again. Isaiah, I'm going to read it again in Isaiah 65, verse 17. You want to have the mind of Christ, you're going to have to be more open-minded than you've been. You can't just come to church and expect it to be church as normal. Okay, the word will change you. God creates a new heaven and a new... He's creating new things right now. He's doing something new. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't have all the answers. But Jesus does, and Jesus is the living word. And you are not going to get through the week and overcome, and God has called you to overcome things, called you to be a victorious person, okay? You're not going to know how to do that unless you're in the word. Every, (laughs) it says, (laughs) the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. And I just... I went winging. I just kept thinking about heaven. I kept thinking about, I'm not going to be upset in heaven. I'm not going to be worried about this or that. I'm not going to be concerned. I'm not going to be, uh, worried about money. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be anxious. I'm going to be in his love. And everyone's going to be loving. Everyone's going to be Christ-like. Everyone is going to be at peace. Nobody's going to be pointing a finger at me. Nobody's going to be critiquing me. Nobody's going to be having a go. I have nothing to fear. Huh? We have to get this mindset of having nothing to be afraid of. We must get this mindset. I get up every morning... I don't know what time. I don't have a specific time, but if it's 6 o'clock, I definitely get up. And I go downstairs, and I sit in our leather chair, and I read, and I get a thought for the day. This is how I live my life. I'm just being vulnerable and honest, okay? I get up every morning, and I get a thought to take with me through the day. And it might be, be not anxious. It might be, I'm with you. Huh? Sometimes, sometimes it might be be more loving to everybody. Love everybody. 
And my thoughts couldn't help but turn to Rod, the Rod of God. (laughs) I live with him. I know him in a way you guys don't know him. (laughs) But I get a thought and, and I take it deep in my mind. Because, you know, your mind can be troubled, it can be anxious, it can be jealous, it can be bitter, it can be hardened. Your mind, you can have a mindset. And no matter what people try to do to help you, if you've made a decision in your mind, you're going to fall. It's not going to happen or or life's not going to be the way you think it should be, whatever. I don't know. You get stuff in your mind. I've had an interesting week. One of my really good friends in Los Angeles called, text, completely lost the plot, and now she's ended up, I don't know where she, I haven't heard from her for two or three days. She wanted to, she wanted to take her life, and I was like, that's totally not happening that is not courage. She said, my friend took her life and now she's with Jesus. And I said, well, I hope so. Because in my theology, that doesn't sit right. Okay, you guys can all get mad at me and my husband and I don't necessarily agree. But I'm just saying to me, that is not the way to get over a trial. <laughs> you know? It's cow- it is cowardly. She said that she was so courageous. I said, what's courageous about that? You know what is courageous? is living for Christ. It's having the mind of Christ. When the whole world is going in a different direction, it's you saying, I have the mind of Christ. I don't need to do that. I don't need to impress that. I don't need to dress like that. I don't need to live like that. I just need to know that God is happy with me and I'm in obedience. I am in obedience with Christ. So we are going to receive communion in a little while, but I just wanted you to be thinking about you're the ones that have to make the change. Okay? God isn't going to change. God is God and he changes not. He's always there. Every morning I get up and I go down and I wonder what I'm going to think about all day. I don't pick what I'm choose to think about. I let him minister to me what he wants me to think about. And taking that deeper to a deeper level keeps my life because sometimes I'm in the middle of storms during the day. I'm in uncomfortable, awkward situations. There are decisions that must be made and be made quickly. And deep in my mind, I'm thinking, I'll be not anxious because God is with me. And I'll just walk through it and I'll, and I'll think, Nothing is impossible. Or I'll think, I can overcome obstacles. I mean, how many of you know your obstacle course in life? Yeah, one of you put your hand up. Two, three, come on, four, five, six. You know, we have to know our obstacle course. What do you mean by that? I mean, is it going to take more money to make your dream come true? Is it going to take something happening, coming into your life, what, what's it going to take? I, I, I look at the obstacle. When I do these events and, I, and God suddenly puts on my heart to gather people, I think, oh, that's the last time I'm ever doing that. And then I find myself doing it. Crud, here we go again. But, you know, I look at the obstacle course. 
That's what I look at. So that everyone can come and just flow. But this, this verse just really sent me winging. It doesn't come into your mind. And I thought about when I was lifted up in my body and taken to heaven, I didn't actually worry about anything except my son, who was about five or six then, coming too. And that wasn't the will of God. Everything was so peaceful. Everything was so calm. Everything was just a settled matter. Jesus is a light that lights heaven. And everybody loves him. You don't have to try and get someone to love him. Everybody, everybody worships him. Everybody follows him. Their minds are fixed on him. Their minds aren't interested in the latest Maserati or Bentley or whatever or palace. Their minds are fixed on Jesus. Let me tell you, you know, without Jesus, without God in you, you have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. Without God in our midst today, we have nothing. He said it himself, Jesus, I can of myself do nothing. I realize I can't do anything without it being the will of God, the purpose of God, and Jesus doing it. I can't. I can't think things. You know, it was so interesting having this phone call from this old friend because they think their thoughts are the way it was then. I can't think that way anymore. Do you still talk about the Lord? Yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> I mean, it just... It just shut me up for about a second because I had to think about how I used to be. I'm not that way anymore. How are you when you're around people, when you're around your family, when you're around your friends? You know, what is your testimony? It's great. Of course God's going to provide. If God's called you to do something, he's going to provide because that's who he is. Okay, but I really want you to take this word this month, mind, and put your hand on your mind and say, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind. I hold the thoughts and purposes of God. I do. I do. I have the mind of Christ. So when you're going to do something, when you're going to give, when you're going to get mad, when you're going to pray, whatever you're going to do, just say, I have the mind of Christ. It's going to change you. You know, in January, we talked about persistent faith, and we sure had to use it. In February, we talked about blessing. In March, we talked about war. There was a lot of warfare last month. There's been a lot more come down this time of the year when, you know, just I want you to be so wise about timing. Stuff always happens before Christmas and Easter. It's just like Deborah. She knew how to obey God on the very day because God said, isn't this the day to go up to the mountain? She knew. So you need to understand timing. How long is this trial? Is it my whole life? Am I in a trial until I do what? You know, talk to God. Get real with him. Ask him to help your soul. He says in Deuteronomy, that he wants you to love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind. I realized something the other day. God just went whap. He just kind of whapped me over the head and said, have you forgotten? And yeah, I had forgotten what it was like 
to be in heaven. I had forgotten God creates our thoughts from afar off. I had not been thinking about that because your mind can get so focused on the problem, the problem becomes bigger than God. It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that and think it's not going to happen. Listen, I'm not trying to get on your case and hammer on you. I'm just saying, think about what you're thinking about. Let's go to Philippians 4. It's very easy. This is very basic Christian 101 stuff. Philippians 4. Because your mind is full of thoughts. Your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions is full of thoughts. So you have to catch yourself. You know... Philippians 4, we used to, this used to be like one of our basic teachings, I think, in Christianity. Verse 6 says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Okay. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, Definite requests with thanksgiving continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace shall be yours. (sighs) Come on. God's peace shall be yours. Let it come. Let Let it come. Let it come over your job, your work, your relationships, your health. Oh, God's peace over our lives, over the royal family. Lord, over all these people who are so wealthy in Belgravia, let your peace fall, let it come. That tranquil state of soul, let it come. Let it come. Let suddenly the values that are eternal values Become seen, become real. In Jesus' name, just like the wake-up call that came to Parliament when that policeman was shot, murdered. Father, it's just a real wake-up call life sometimes. My friend in L.A. said, I'm just going to take my life. I can't keep going. This trial is too much. There is nothing, there is nothing that we need to think about with defeat. So verse 7, God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. I just really felt an anointing on that peace, didn't you? I just really felt a wave of it. And not just for us, for the whole of this area. Let it come. Let the whole rich and high-minded ones feel the peace of God. Come on, I feel God has got us here on purpose today. I don't think it's by accident. I think this church is not by accident. I think the things that we do, we can't explain it all. We can't put worldly taglines on everything we do. But we do walk with God. And he is with us to bring this incredible peace. So let your mind be assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing. Nothing. 
Fear nothing. Fear nothing. I'm not afraid of defeat. Where I'm headed, I'm headed up. (laughs) I'm not afraid of where God wants to take me. I have been. I have to tell you, I've been praying hard the last few months because I feel like God wants to take us to higher places, and it's scary. My friends, my family. But he's been telling me, it's no good if you fear. He wants to do great things with your lives. Great things, but don't fear. And being (laughs) content with your earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison. You know what a garrison is? My goodness. She'll get you. I mean, you can't get over there in her garden, the Queen's garden, because it's garrisoned around with barbed wire at an angle. I'm not going to climb up there and hurt myself. And only an idiot would do that. <laughs> okay. Take a minute and think about what you've been thinking about this week. I'm not in a hurry. God's not in a hurry. He's still there. Okay. God's peace, the peace that transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Look at this, verse 8. This is lovely. This is so good. You could think about this. You can work on this. If I never hear any more revelation, I've got enough to just work on this. huh? For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable. You're lovable, Rod. You are. (laughs) You are lovable. Don't worry. Stop worrying. Sometimes. <laughs> and whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Fix your mind. What's your mind fixed on? You're mad at one of your relatives. You're mad at somebody you know. You're mad at something that hasn't happened. You're struggling with your identity. Fix your mind. Fix your mind on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable. Fix your mind on it. I keep getting so many messages about the dogs. Do you want to look at We have a camera at home. <laughs> There's 46 messages. Uh, Okay. Okay. But we have a camera at home. You know, let me me say this. Let me read something from my notes then to appease. The place that victory begins, put your hand here again. This is where victory begins. Victory begins (laughs) here. The renewing of our minds is the place victory begins here. I won't fear, I won't be intimidated, okay? I'm born for a purpose. Yeah, victory, this is where it begins. 
Okay, so you begin to see yourself wisely reigning in your spiritual life and successfully overcoming the things that have previously hindered you. Whatever hindered you in the past, God's going to bring, if it's money, he's just going to bring you back to that place and say, here, let me show you. You know, if it's, I don't know what, some insecurity. I, I've had many insecurities. I've been a very damaged human being, just the same as some of you. And you know, you can't let those damaged places rule. First, we have to see victory in our entire mind. Romans 12, 2, when I flew back from California, I told you I kind of Russian roulette my Bible, thinking, oh, September the 15th, 1983, you know. Here I come, England. I'm here to change this nation. I'm not here to just smile and melt into it and become part of the culture. I'm here to change the culture. I'm here to rearrange things. I'm here to see things shift. I'm here to pray and let God answer my prayers. And he does. Come on, pray. He answers our prayers. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You've given us a queen who's spirit-filled. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you for an anointing to do what we need to do. Thank you, Father. Whatever it's going to take for us to get the job done, we're going to do that. We're going to fulfill our purpose. We are. We are going to fill our purpose. You know, this is all about the bridges being open and about victory. It's not that we're a church that just goes pat, pat on the back, victory every minute. Listen, we've been through some deep stuff and we're going to go through some deep stuff. You don't have victory just because it's a nice little gift from heaven. You know, it's a struggle. You look at Matthew 26, maybe we should receive communion, I should just pray. <laughs> but in Matthew 26, Jesus went out and said, his soul, listen, he, he was going to do the will of God, but his soul was actually so stressed, he was so deeply grieved, he was praying, but he knew what the will of God was for his life. But his soul pressed through, thank God. You can get through whatever, whatever you think you're facing that you feel defeated in. You can get through it. But you've got to have the mind of Christ. You've got to think on whatsoever things are pure and just and true and lovely and lovable. You've got to keep out of your mind. Keep the thoughts of this world out of your mind. When demons are screaming at me, I have to keep the thoughts out and say, no, I'm going to speak the word. I'm going to quote the word. I'm going to pray the word. I'm going to think it. And every day, it's not like something I just stand up in church and pontificate about. It's something I do. I do it in my kitchen. I go in my kitchen and I'm cleaning dishes and I'm thinking, you can do anything. I can overcome any obstacle. I can do this. Whatever scripture comes to you. I can. Well, I remember the man who said to me, Michael, who's moving back apparently to London or has moved back. He said, you know you can take your thoughts captive. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I thought, huh? It was like my head was spinning. I'd been born again about a week and I thought you can take your thoughts captive 
Listen, 30 odd, 35 years later, I'm still taking my thoughts captive. And you can do it. You can address it. You can declare it. You can take your thoughts captive. You can. Is it up there? Yeah, look, there it is. You can, you know, because I remember when the doctor said Rod had 20 months to live and I remember coming out and taking that thought captive and walking down Calais Street and thinking to myself, how can a man tell you how long you have to live? Hello? Do I disrespect doctors? No, of course not. I'm very thankful for them. But he can't say, I've got to go to the Word and I've got to find out in the Word how long can this man live? Not a man to be laid low, a man to live with purpose. Okay, so you have to start refusing it. So I did, I started to, and it says, and lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ. Sometimes I say to myself, why am I going there? What's the purpose of that? I've got to hold steady to the purpose. Kind of went a bit quiet in here. Because some of us do a bunch of stuff without any purpose. You know, I was going to go do something on Friday, I think it was. And then I was like, what are you doing that for? And I'm like, well, because... Doop, 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 doop. And he's like, you don't need to do that. Let me show you. So he showed me a better way. So I didn't have to go running out on Friday. Hallelujah. It's about the mind. It's about your mind being filled with purpose. Huh? Your mind is filled with purpose. It doesn't make any difference to us whether we... Well, it makes a difference if, when we have our own building because we can do more. And that's what the breaker, breaking through is for. We need to be able to rehearse every day, pray every day, meet people, have the children, have a children's school. All kinds of things we'd like to do for God. And we will do those things. Believe me, we will do them. You will see them. But it's not going to frustrate us. It's not going to get us tired and weary of picking up all this kit. When we think about all this stuff had to come up this morning, the lift wouldn't work for us, but it worked for you guys with the keyboard, I guess. <laughs> well, what am I saying? I'm gonna, we're going to receive communion, but I just want you to keep this in your mind. We are a soul a mind, a will, emotions. Whatever doesn't add to the purpose of your life, just let it go and don't get hung up about it. Just don't get hung up about it. If it doesn't add to the purpose of your life, it doesn't matter. We live in a body. We're a three-part being. But everything, let everything we do be done purposely. When we pray, when we receive communion now, make a decision to offer this time to God as, as a time of, you know, intimacy. We're remembering him. Don't just do it to take communion. Do it because it's a connection. It's a point of connection. Why don't we play that? Just we believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 